Welcome aboard, Captain. to Rathacon Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hey, Chris. Uh, and we are joined, uh, we're joined uh, this Friday with uh, uh, by John Engel and Mitch Bryan from the Alien Minute. Hey, guys. Happy hey. Friday. Yes, happy Friday. Thanks for coming back. Um we are closing out the week talking about minute 63 of the Wrath of Khan. Uh, minute 63 starts with Chekhov saying, oh, sir. And ends a minute later with Terrell saying he was late. He had to get back to dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this minute is um, uh, Chekhov catching up Kirk on everything that's happened to date. Yeah, well, if you want to call, yeah, we we saw Khan. It was Khan. In case you didn't was... know. Uh, it's nice yeah, that Kirk calls him Pav, though. That's yeah. kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. I actually went out looking to see when when did we learn Chekhov's first name. Um, I, I wasn't sure if it was actually this movie or not. No, no, in the series we learned, right? I know that she's called Pavel in Way to Eden, and I think maybe he's called Pavel in something in second season too yeah i couldn't find anything like uh revelatory like oh yeah we find this is the first time we learned so yeah i think you're right it's just been since we've known the character of Chekhov, we've known his name so um but yeah it was a nice nice uh humanizing touch of of him you know easy pavel it's gonna be okay and it's even uh, pav it's even shorter it's like they were, you know, they've been drinking together somewhere <laughs> oh yeah lots of vodka <laughs> guys no doubt <laughs> how long how long has it been since they've seen each other you think oh i don't know because it's uh, it, it's i mean i guess it's the assumption should just be that it was the motion picture was the last time they saw each other because they went their separate ways kirk wasn't really the captain of the enterprise then and he went back to be an admiral and right run, running production in between the two movies right just check out isn't he a higher rank than now than he was these guys on ship now yeah right? he's a commander now and in motion picture, I don't think he was, was he? That's a good question. I don't remember his rank exactly in motion picture. Yeah, we talked about timeline way back in the beginning of the show, yeah. and I've I've since uh, flushed that memory of of how many years has passed since since the motion picture. I want to say it was two or three, uh, but I could be wrong there. But again, I don't. To me, the motion picture is just a free floating thing. I don't even think of it in the really in the timeline. At all. To me, it's more like a manga comic version of Star Trek or something that it's just totally separate. Uh, Chekhov was a lieutenant in the motion picture. Oh, wow. He is a rising star. Yeah, that's pretty fast rise from a lieutenant to a commander. He was the ship's tactical officer and chief of security. Wow. In the series or in the. In the motion picture. The motion so when he, yes, when he goes to, uh, on the ship, he, he's, uh, yeah, he's a lieutenant and uh, tactical officer and chief of security. And he gets he's very no... badly burned at that console. 
Yeah. 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 That's a promotion there. So that bumps him up one more rank. Yeah. But then, then I guess he, you know, this debacle with Khan here kind of stalls his career because I don't know if he goes anywhere from here. Sulu definitely passes him up. Oh yeah. Definitely laps him in the in the ranks. So <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember if Chekhov moves up or not, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. He couldn't pass yeah. the physical anymore because of the thing that was in his ear and oh. into his body. Good point. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, he 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 lost a ship to the enemy, so that's probably gotta you know put some demerits <laughs> on your record. Yeah, right. that's probably oh. not good either. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I just want to say about this scene that it, it it always kind of bugged me that the first half of the scene where he's telling us everything we already know mm-hmm. is so, and it sounds really silly. He put things in our ear and he made us do things. And it just, I always thought when I was watching it that it just seemed so ludicrous. And it's because I already know all this stuff. And sure. as an audience member, and then the instant that Terrell starts talking about what, none of us know and what happened it's really interesting i'm completely compelled and so i don't know screenwriting lesson there you know don't tell us what we already know even though you know kirk doesn't know it we know it and so find another way or assume that he gets caught up in some other fashion or just let Chekhov go into the whole um he cannot control us he cannot or whatever you know that stuff is fine too because that's new information so that's my screenwriting rant for this, you know, first half bad, second half good. Yeah, usually, like, the TV version of this, Mitch, wouldn't it be he's finishing up the story? Like, you cut into him sort of saying, it was awful, Captain, it was awful. And you know what he means when he's saying it's awful. Well, yeah, since they already then, they do cut into it anyway. So, yeah. right? I mean, if you don't haul him all the way out and take a beat before they're together, they cut into that, that really nice two-shot of the two of them. So, yeah, they could have just dropped into it there. Well, I think this... You know, his speech is sort of, obviously we know it's what Khan told him to say, but if you notice Chekhov through the rest of the minute, he is just staring off into space. So I think this sort of gives us a glimpse that they are still under control. Like we don't, as a, as a moviegoer, we don't know, like we're assuming, oh, wow, they've, they've rescued Terrell and Chekhov. At least that's what I thought. I remember when I saw the first time, like they've rescued them, but upon subsequent viewings and even you know, dissecting the minutes, you can totally tell that he's like spaced out on, you know, the earwig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess the, the only bit of information, it's not even new information you get, the, the point where he says that, you know, they couldn't be controlled anymore. I guess that is new information. We yeah, that's great. It. I love that. I'm, I'm totally interested in that. And that's a trick, right? I mean, that's really yeah. just a feint that, that Khan said, be sure to tell them that you, they couldn't control you. Is that right? Exactly. So that sets up a, a reveal later, a little bit of a reversal, I guess, later that right. you get when they, turns out they were still under control all along. So, that right, Mitch, they could have just cut into, you know, it was terrible. He had control of us, but he doesn't have control of us anymore. And we could have just started right there and then let Tyrell say what he's going to say, which I like Tyrell giving the reading here. And uh, there's something about, I don't feel like the, not to disparage Chekhov's performance yeah. here, but I think that Winfield knocks this out a little bit more than maybe he would have in, in this particular way of reading. I like that he's very calm, very trance-like when he's oh, yeah. saying these he's horrifying things. He wanted to tear the place. He's very nondescript. He's just very, yeah, calm and, he wanted to tear the place apart, but he was, he was late. He had to get back to you. You know, he's, he's very, yeah. Uh, I, I have not gone, I, I've gone on record many times. He is 
by far, other than the, you know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, he's been my favorite character in this movie by far. Just his acting is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. He's always great. And, he's a uh, storyteller. I always think he's a storyteller in that scene, right? He's kind of just weaving this, you know, tortured these people. And, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I, I, feel my, I find myself leaning forward a little yeah. bit like, wow, what else happened, you know? And uh, <laughs> there's yeah, something and about it. Give it up, draws I love. I love the fact that they didn't give it up, and, he's, and which just goes to show everybody torture doesn't work. And that is so great. And then he's like, yeah, and then he, so then he cut their throats after he tortured him. It's like, wow, that's harsh. Torture and throat slitting. That's really harsh. Yeah, I was say, we've said it before already, but this has really moved Khan into a new category, I think. Just this, the slaughter that's taken place on Space Station Regular One. Yeah, it's not, it's not very, uh, you know, antiseptic just hitting someone with a phaser or stunning them right he's using they're using you know weapon you know weapons of you know knives and like yeah it's you don't see that very often yeah you know con almost slit uh dr mccoy's throat in space seed that's true he, McCoy, he, he, right, he, he right, told yeah, him like right. cut the carotid artery if you're gonna do it just do it you know oh yeah i didn't think about that mitch so now bones is sitting here thinking dear god i taught him how to cut a throat <laughs> i gave him the directions <laughs> A little bit of guilt on Bones' part here, I guess. Did oh. you guys notice that composition of that shot? It's a five shot. All yeah. five of them are in there, and it looks just like it's out of uh, Howard Hawks's production of The Thing. It's a movie that's completely filled with frames just chock full of people, and it's a really nice frame with all five of them right there. Right, but Hawks did it in Academy Ratio, right, Mitch? He was, cr yeah. he was cramming everybody into a into one, one square. for three aspect ratio yeah. doing yeah. that CinemaScope. They got a little more elbow room in the shot. That's true. I think one of the uh, one of the things uh, there's a cutscene in here um, too, which I I I think I understand why they cut it. it doesn't add a ton, but uh, uh, McCoy actually knows Terrell. Uh, apparently, they serve together, so they've established they established some kind of relationship that that uh, that they knew each other in the past, um, and that uh, uh, he McCoy also theorizes that that. Uh, he thinks they were both drug. They were, they were both controlled through some kind of drug-induced brain, uh, not not through an animal, but through drugs. Uh, mm. So it's kind of a. I get why they cut it because it doesn't really add a ton of value. It's kind of. Yeah, and you know, what we know about Star Trek, couldn't McCoy just whip out that little that little shot glass kind of scanner thingy and know exactly? Like he's got a bug in his ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tricorder would figure that out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah the tricorder he... would pick it up for sure. Wouldn't he want to make sure that they were okay after being unconscious in a box? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be the first order of business? Yeah. Well, I guess we could assume. I mean, I think they probably should have had maybe open the scene with him waving the wand over them. I think that's what, you know, that's typical Star Trek uh, business there. But you could assume that he already did check them out. I, I don't know. I don't know how long this is. They've obviously dragged them out of that box and set them over on this part of the room or however they set up the scene. But, yeah, you're right. You would think that this would have – you got Dr. McCoy. Usually Dr. McCoy is used as a doctor. You know, they, you know he, he's, very, he's very insistent upon the fact that he's a doctor and he likes to behave like one. And I think that, yeah, that – that yeah, would have added a little something to the scene. Uh, yeah, all he him. does is run away from rats in this these minutes. Yeah, <laughs> very undoctorly. And I, I agree. I agree that they needed to cut that scene. That the idea of them having served together is confusing to me because I was immediately, you know, maybe everyone, you know, your everyday movie viewer would have watched and said, 
uh-huh, that's interesting. It wouldn't have added much to them. For me, it would have made me do some math, and I'm trying to figure out when the hell that would have happened. Like, yeah, well, exactly. when McCoy have, would have served, is it before the five-year mission? I guess he was older than everybody back then, so maybe he served before, but then Tyrell would have to be, you know, that kind of business you don't want when you're watching a movie. You don't want right. to stop and start thinking about that. So it was a good cut, for sure. There's so much on the menu of this movie anyway in terms of all of these interpersonal relationships that that might have been just one too many that would have you know broken it because it's this is definitely not a minimalist movie there's a there's a lot of working parts in this things and a, a lot of different inter interpersonal relationships yeah absolutely um one of the things just going back to mccoy one of the things that kind of bugged me up, up not, not to use the joke but uh <laughs> Chekhov, Chekhov reveals right in this in this minute that he's like, well, Khan put creatures in our bodies to control our minds. I would think at least at that moment, McCoy would have broken out the tricorder. Like, yeah, what's exactly. that you say? You got something yeah, exactly. in your body? Well, hold on. Yeah. Uh, but you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't get any reaction other than he. I think he puts his hand on his shoulder. Yeah, he's like, you're safe him. now. You know? yeah, you're safe now. How does, sure? How does he know? How does he know that? <laughs> Creatures in your bodies, huh? Well, they must be gone now because I don't... What? No. <laughs> yeah. You seem fine. Uh, Jim, we all have bacteria in our bodies. We all have living <laughs> things inside of us. Fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, yeah. Geez, you know what? We kind of jumped around a bit, but I think I, you hit on all my notes for this, uh, for this minute. Uh, anybody got anything else? No, I do not. No, no. I'm just sorry to be to be leaving you guys. This has been really nice, and I wish I was going with you down to the Genesis planet. <laughs> oh, we can. Uh, well, uh, we're we're always looking for guests, so maybe we'll have you guys back. Um, but wait, before we before we let you guys go, we need to uh, we need to ask you both. Uh, yes. How would you how would you rank the Star Trek films? And uh, we won't put you on the spot and say rank all thirteen of them, but uh, if you were going to rank a grouping of them, how would you do it? And what would that what would that grouping be? How do you clump them together? John, you want to go? Or you want me to go? I'll go. Okay, um, you go first. Okay, so this one wins. This is number one uh, with a bullet. And, and like I said, I think I implied that six is my second favorite. I I, I just like. I'm a character guy, so the movies that are wrapped around the characters are always going to be my favorite. But then I'm going to jump all the way back to one. Um, I just have a soft spot for it. I love the style. It's kind of hard for me to separate two, three, and four from each other, but I'll just go four, three, and then five is obviously way in the back. By far the worst one. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's everyone's least favorite. Yeah. Although I, I think three gives it a run for its money. So I, I would I would go two, four, six, one. And then, because three, I just, I don't know. I tried to watch it not long ago, and I was just, it was like, I don't know, watching paint dry. I really didn't like it. At least Are you just you as, got you some crazy. Because Kirstie Alley's not in it, is that why? Well, that's a major factor, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I don't it's have a problem with Robin Curtis myself. I don't either, but she's not she's not Kirstie Alley. And that yeah. I just remember when we first saw this movie, <laughs> I just remember thinking how spectacular Christy Alley was and how beautiful she was and just like how cool she was. She, I've just believed her, you know? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that, that first moment, that first private moment between Spock and Savick is, I just like, they had me at that moment. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. My one argument for three, I, I love, I love three. 
Like it's got a lot of problems, but it's got two heart crushing moments for me in it. And I'll, I'll give it a lot for that to destroying the enterprise is a huge deal to me. <laughs> it still gets to me every time. And, and I think that Shatner really knocks out the death of David scene. I think he does really good. I think that's a great moment. Yeah. But those two really work for me. And as a movie, it's fine. Uh, it's enjoyable. And, and Klingons are always great. For the me. Klingons are really good in that too. That's yeah. true. And, and you get a reprise of the Klingon battle theme by Jerry Goldsmith. Don't you yeah. know that? You know, yes, which I love so yeah, much. It's so good. You get yeah. John Larroquette as a Klingon. You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. beat that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But, awesome. you know, that was back when blowing up the Enterprise was a special, unusual thing, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, that thing just gets blown up all the time now. So. Yeah, they're all copies now, though, so it kind of doesn't matter. That was the one. That's why it it's so heartbreaking. That's... That was all those things happened on that one. And once that happened, they, they were kind of expendable, I think. And I guess it is a testament to, to Star Trek Two, how many times it's been copied in subsequent movies, like to the point where like, please do something else, like get a salt vampire, anything. But, <laughs> but it's just, it's that same, the magic of that tension between, you know, Khan and Kirk, like they just want to keep recycling it. And I, I, I kind of get it, but I don't know. I'm waiting for the Omega Glory, the movie. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us this week. It's been a yes, pleasure. We yeah. real loved having you. Thank you great for having us. Thank you. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, why don't, you, uh, why don't you guys let everybody know one last time where they can, uh, where they can find you online? Hey, you can find our podcast, The Alien Minute, at alienminute.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can follow us on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod or on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast. Awesome, and yes, folks, you can uh, you can find us online as well. We're on Twitter as WOK Minute. Uh, we're on Instagram, and we are uh, on the Wrath of Con Minute Listener Federation on Facebook. It's a group you can join to uh, uh, join in the conversation, talk about these minutes or Star Trek stuff in general. Um, we also ask that you go out to iTunes and uh, drop a rating and a review for us. We'd uh, love to hear. Uh, how we're doing and what we could do better for you. Uh, always, always interested in feedback. So uh, uh, if you do that, we'd appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back here on Monday uh, with Minute 64 of Star Trek Two here at the Rathacon Minute.